It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. President Biden on Wednesday spent five hours in three meetings with 23 congressional Democrats in the Oval Office trying to come to some kind of agreement on passing his Build Back Better agenda, which includes both a hard infrastructure bill and the larger reconciliation package. Politico's playbook Thursday morning offered a fairly comprehensive recap of how it all went down, with the outcome, according to one senior White House official, quote, moderates agreed that they need to coalesce around an offer to the liberals. Reportedly, when the president asked the conservadem or obstructionist caucus for a specific top line number they'd agreed to for the reconciliation bill, they refused. The group, which included Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, John Tester, Stephanie Murphy, and Josh Gothheimer, among others, instead argued that the Democrats should instead present an agreed-upon list of revenue raisers that would determine the top-line number. Then there's the matter of health care. And there's a disagreement between Nancy Pelosi, who wants to shore up the Affordable Care Act, and Bernie Sanders, who wants to expand Medicare benefits. The obstructionists made it clear they're with Pelosi. One source saying there was enough in that room to kill Bernie Sanders' idea. Lovely. Finally, they also asked the president not to rush the reconciliation process and to use his influence in the House to pass the BIF, or the hard infrastructure bill. The bottom line in that meeting is the president told them to come up with a set of principles or framework for reconciliation that would persuade progressives to back down from their threat to kill the Biff in the House when it comes up for a vote on Monday. John Tester, leaving the White House, said, quote, The goal is to try to get a framework before the vote on the bipartisan infrastructure package. They needed a meeting for that? Well, the first meeting was with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. The second meeting was with the conservadems from both the House and the Senate. And the third final meeting was with the progressives. It included Barbara Lee and Pramila Jayapal, as well as Senators Bernie Sanders and Ron Wyden, among others. Biden faced a united front of progressives pleading with him to use his influence to delay the Monday vote. One person in the room telling Politico, quote, it's weird if you're supposedly for a bill to insist on killing it. The iron law of legislating is that if you have the votes, you take the vote. And if you don't have the votes, you delay the vote. That was done on Biff multiple times at the request of the moderate negotiators. It's quite standard. It is not standard to insist on a vote when you know it will fail. Weird to call yourself a pragmatist and then kill the bill you say you want to pass by not giving negotiators more time. Biden responded saying, I hear you. This according to Senator Ron Wyden. He continued saying, I know a lot of you think that's an arbitrary date. Let me think about it and I'll talk to Senator Schumer and the speaker. So obviously no solution came out of Wednesday's meetings. Negotiations continue. And meanwhile, a group of progressive and grassroots organizations, including Move On, Indivisible, Greenpeace, the Sunrise Movement, the Working Families Party, and many others, is sending a letter to Congress today, Thursday, urging members of the House to vote no on the BIF without a reconciliation bill. The letter says, quote, passing just that small bill alone wouldn't be a compromise. It would be a capitulation. We strongly support the position of the Congressional Progressive Caucus that two bills must pass together as a critical step on the journey toward tackling the climate crisis and furthering racial and economic justice. We urge progressives to hold strong. We will have your back. 
So while that's all going on, there's also the ongoing threat of a government shutdown and worse. As Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has again donned his grim reaper getup, affirming that he will not give Democrats any help in raising the debt ceiling, saying this is a totally Democratic government. They have an obligation to raise the debt ceiling and they will do it. Of course, McConnell's argument omits the fact that a significant amount of this current debt stems from the tax cuts and spending signed by Donald Trump and passed with Republican votes. And Congress needs to increase the debt ceiling even if Joe Biden's spending program fails. Well, on Tuesday, the House, controlled by the Democrats, passed a bill to lift the debt limit through 2022 and fund the government through early December, as well as provide money for natural disaster recovery and Afghan refugees. So it passed in the House, but Senate Republicans appear likely to block that bill in the next few days by denying it the 60 votes it would need to overcome a filibuster. And of course, you have so-called Democrats, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, standing in the way by refusing to do anything about the filibuster. So it goes. Meanwhile, President Biden on Wednesday spoke with French President Emmanuel Macron for the first time since France objected strongly to a U.S. deal to help Australia acquire nuclear power submarines. Biden reportedly acknowledged mistakes in the way his administration handled the matter, Kind of a change from the former guy. In a joint statement, the U.S. and France said Biden and Macron, quote, agreed that the situation would have benefited from open consultations among allies on matters of strategic interest to France and our European partners. France had recalled its ambassador over the incident, but said after the call, it was sending him back. Another breakdown in congressional negotiations. This time, it's police reforms that went down in flames as the talks officially collapsed on Wednesday. Senator Cory Booker, the lead negotiator on the Democratic side, said the talks ended with no breakthrough in sight. At a news conference, Booker said, quote, we weren't making any more meaningful progress on establishing really substantive reform for Americans policing. Tim Scott the lead Republican negotiator, blamed Democrats for the failure, saying they, quote, let their misguided idea of perfect be the enemy of good, impactful legislation. The sticking point was the Republicans' refusal to do anything about qualified immunity, which basically makes police immune from any kind of civil responsibility for their actions. I'd walk away, too. And this breaking news Thursday morning, the U.S. Special Envoy for Haiti resigned saying he will not be associated with, quote, inhumane, counterproductive deportations of Haitians. In his resignation letter, Daniel Foote said the U.S. policy toward Haiti remains deeply flawed and his recommendations have been ignored and dismissed. The resignation effective immediately comes as the Biden administration has faced widespread criticism for its treatment of thousands of Haitian immigrants who've been encamped at the U.S.-Mexico border. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is fully listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that Donate button. 